The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill of the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried, and from the netherworld, where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. And Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. And he said then, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that they may warn them, lest they too come to this torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to tell them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, Neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. In the course of a lifetime, most lifetimes, We change environments periodically, sometimes for a long period of time. And generally speaking, when we do, 
we adjust. Things are different, we adjust to the difference. Even if things are difficult or painful, we, for the most part, adjust. We accept it. We learn to work with it. There are exceptions to that, of course, but generally speaking, we do. Even people who are in prison adjust. They may not like it, but they adjust to that world most. Some so much that when they are released, they can no longer function in society because they become so accustomed to the life of prison. People in concentration camps suffer. So much so that after a while, it's easy to ignore the suffering of the people around you. You focus on yourself. And those who are suffering with you, however great their pain, well, that's the way it is. Unless we choose to pay attention. Such as St. Maximilian Kolbe, who was aware of the suffering around him, never lost sight of the human dignity that a concentration camp can destroy so easily in the mind of those around them. The rest of his prisoners, who knows what they saw? They were too worried about themselves. How many people walked down the streets of Calcutta and walked by the countless number of people lying in the street, sick and dying? After all, that's just the way it is For some people, life is different. But not for Mother Teresa. She saw the human dignity and the person of Christ in each one of those people. It made her different. She couldn't ignore the suffering that was obvious and to some people, not important. That's today's gospel. This gospel has many things in it, actually. It's more than just the rich man and Lazarus. It's a statement about the immortality of the soul, death, and judgment. That's there, too. But these two figures, our Lord describes in detail. And every detail has some meaning. The rich man, who is sometimes known as dives, because dives is the Latin word for rich, who dressed in purple garments and fine linen. That's important, too. That was the dress of the high priest. The high priest wore purple and linen. And dined sumptuously each day, including the Sabbath. This man never fasted. That's important, too. And then there is Lazarus. This is the only parable of our Lord where someone is given a proper name. Lazarus, which means God is my help. Lazarus is described dramatically also. He's covered with sores, would have eaten the scraps that fell from the rich man's table. In the ancient world, since they used their hands to eat, when they wanted to clean their hands, they would take a piece of bread, wipe their hands on the bread, and then throw the bread away. That's the bread that's being spoken of here. He longed to eat it, And the dogs came and licked his sores. A very dramatic description of this poor man. 
Then all of a sudden, everything is different. They are both taken. The poor man died, was carried by angels to the bosom of Abraham. The bosom of Abraham was where the souls of the just went before redemption, before our Lord opened the gates of heaven through his own suffering. And the rich man also died, and we are told was buried and is in the netherworld. So here is this dramatic difference of Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham and the rich man in the netherworld. The description is very definitive too, isn't it? And Abraham then becomes a central figure. And the rich man then says, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. Notice Abraham's reply. He refers to him as my child. Abraham loves him even though he has placed himself in the netherworld. My child, remember. And now he describes the condition. The problem with the rich man wasn't that he hated Lazarus. It wasn't that he was cruel to him. He didn't kick him. He didn't intentionally starve him. He never verbally abused him. He simply never noticed him. Lazarus Lazarus was just unworthy of his attention. Because life is like that for some people. And then Abraham describes their condition and the chasm that exists between them. But then there's something further. The rich man asks Abraham to send Lazarus, Lazarus again, to my father's house, to his five brothers, to warn them. Now, the answer of Abraham is the answer, of course, uh, to the gospel. Uh, He says, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Here he's directly speaking to the Pharisees. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. And he says, Oh no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Here our Lord speaks of the resurrection. And the answer, if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone should rise from the dead. Well, you and I, then, are being instructed by this gospel, obviously. Uh, First of all, in our concern for the poor, our concern for those who are suffering. It's easy to overlook people like that, isn't it? Sometimes it's because they make us feel uncomfortable. Sometimes we begin to think, as they did, that if someone was in that condition, it's something they deserve. That was in the minds of our Lord's people, in the minds of the scribes and Pharisees and the the leaders of the people, that if if you were wealthy, as was the rich man, then it was a sign of that you were elect. It was a sign of blessing. If you suffered, it was a sign that you were not, that you were a sinner. Our Lord is saying it isn't that way at all. There are a number of things that unite us to God. One of them is suffering. But there's something more than that, too. Because we are told in this gospel that while, while God created us without our consent, He will not save us without it. We have a role to play in our own salvation. 
So we then come here to dine. We come to the great banquet. We come to the Eucharist. We come to receive the body and blood of the Lord. Not in the sense that we are somehow taken up away from the rest of humanity, but to give us a new vision that we perhaps we would not otherwise have. In fact, never can perfectly have without it. We see the world differently, as did Mother Teresa. The Eucharist makes it possible for us to see the world, to see the suffering in our world, to realize our own role that we have to play in a suffering humanity. Remember what Mother Teresa said, I mentioned this before, when she was asked how she was able to deal with people like that. I always thought that expression pretty much said it all, people like that. And she said, as you recall, oh, is that how they look? I never knew that. She said, every day I make a holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament, I receive communion, and everyone that I encounter for the rest of the day is Jesus Christ. And that's how you deal with people like that. But it won't come just from a desire to be altruistic, for being philanthropic, to want to do the right thing. That's fine, but it won't last. It only comes from the Eucharist. The Eucharist alone gives us the power to see, and the Eucharist alone gives us the power to respond. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For peace in our country, for peace in our communities, for peace in particular in Charlotte, for all those who have suffered as a result of the unrest there, for a healing of our country, we pray for the Lord. For the church throughout the world, that her members will be visible signs of God's love and mercy. Especially we pray for the church suffering, the church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. For our nation, for all nations, especially those experiencing war or civil discord. For conversion, for all those running for public office. And for peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord for all those who are sick and suffering, especially those who have no hope, for those who are ignored or rejected, for those who experience isolation or depression, that they may know that they are united to the Lord in their sufferings, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost their faith, we pray to the Lord. For an end to abortion and euthanasia in all of its forms, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will be visible signs of God's mercy uh, to a despairing world. For a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. They will always remind us of our responsibility to those who are suffering, to the poor and the neglected, 
and they themselves will be visible signs of the truth. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, especially those who have died recently in acts of violence, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. <coughs> May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that through the Eucharist we receive, we may always see Jesus Christ, especially in those less fortunate, those who are destitute. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the mother of the poor as we sing. Thank you. 